0: Very honored and excited to be here. We are here with Krista Lintau, yes. CEO and founder of App-tuitive. Yep. That's me. So I'm not sure if you heard about her yet. I'm sure you guys will soon. But she is literally crushing how apps market themselves in the app store. Could so, Krista, could you tell us a little bit of what your day to day is like?
1: Yeah, for sure. So I mean, the day to day is different literally every single day. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but um,
0: Absolutely, so one of the things I love about your website is that you have a section for free proposals, Mm -hmm. and just out of curiosity, how, I guess, how effective is that in getting new clients?
1: Everyone loves free. (laughs) Right? You cannot go wrong with (laughs) giving away anything for free, Um, because it's just like a little taste of what you're offering, you know? You can provide just a little bit of that upfront value just to give people a sense of, you know, how you operate, how you're going to talk to them, which is like the most important thing. I read something where um, it's like, how do you separate yourself, you know, even as a company? It's like, if you're just relying on your services and products, you're going to be in a, basically a race with everyone else. There's nothing that differentiates you, but what's, what it's going to come down to is the service. Um, Because people only want to work with good people and people that only genuinely want to help them get to the next level. Um, So it's why, it's why I put a lot of importance on, you know, I guess, finding the right type of client to work with and trying to find ways um, to work with them, even if they're not being the most cooperative or the most (laughs) understanding. Um, So that's why I kind of, yeah, I'm really careful about who I work with. I wanna make sure that I can manage them (laughs) um, in the right way, so.
0: A thousand percent. I feel like that's probably one of the biggest challenges as an entrepreneur and then a a founder like yourself Mm -hmm. is that you have to figure out what is right, not only for your client's vision, and their brand, but also Aptuitive itself.
1: Yeah, exactly, it, it's so important. <laughs>
0: yeah, so you have been able to do something that I'm sure a lot of people dream about doing every single day, so you have the pleasure of getting lost in your work on a daily basis. What does that feel like?
1: Um, just like, I'm so incredibly blessed and fortunate to have you know, that honor and privilege it's really like a privilege, and if you don't understand that you doing your own thing is a privilege, you don't deserve to be here at all. Right? There are so many people dying to be in my position, and just yeah, dying to have and like freedom and the ability to work on their own terms, um, have the ability to work whatever. Work whenever they want, wherever they want, with whoever they want. That's the key, um, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so it's it's an incredible experience, and I'm extremely grateful. And try to you know practice mindfulness uh, and gratefulness every single day. So
0: that's amazing. I love what you said. Thank you. And out of curiosity, what inspired you to go off and be that brave and adventurous in conquering, being an entrepreneur and a yeah. business owner? Um,
1: so it's funny. Like everyone's like, oh my God, you're so like courageous and so. You're doing this and just like oh wow like it doesn't feel like that really okay no I felt like this is the work I'm kind of meant to be doing at this specific time purpose Um, right having purpose in your work and just knowing and having comfort with the fact that this is what I'm meant to be doing right now and I'm going to live every single day out with intention Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah
0: so for people who don't understand what app store optimization is could you actually explain and totally plug Aptuative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh,
1: so ASO app store optimization. At the end of the day, it's basically SEO for the app store. So search engine opti- optimization I love, for that, compa- app store. I love yeah, that I love that comparison. Know, <laughs> you know. uh, but yeah, that's the the easiest way to explain it. So if you're typing in, if you're trying to look for a meditation app and you type in, you know, meditation in the app store, it's my job to make sure, you know, that my clients or the apps are showing up within top ten. Or they nice. the best shot at ranking for those highly competitive keywords that people are searching for. Um, so a lot of it it plays off of you know trends in society. Like the better half of my work is meditation apps and dating apps. So, okay. Yeah, it's it's really interesting to see how you know society uh, plays into apps or optimization because 70% of app downloads come directly from app store search. Um, so it's it's really interesting. There's a lot of like psychology. Uh, marketing, branding, and a lot of fun things that just play into it. It's, it's really fun, like, stopping grounds <laughs> for Aptivit and myself. So That's
0: yeah, very interesting. It. Yeah, Because definitely. I feel like whenever I download a new app, I usually see the ad in, like, Snapchat or Instagram. Mm-hmm. But, apparently, you're actually more likely to download it if you just do an actual search. Yeah,
1: exactly, because um, at the end of the day, it's, it's intent-driven, so if you're looking to Find something that you need have a need for, like right now. Like, oh, I need like a checklist app. I have so many errands to run today, and I want to make sure like I have everything set for the week. You're going to search for a to-do list app, Um, so and then you're more likely to download it then than you are seeing an ad, which you're not going to be. It's not showing up in the right context a lot of the time. You don't have the need for it right away. Um, So if that makes sense. Oh yeah, that makes complete
0: sense and very clever as well. (laughs) So, what has been one of the biggest challenges and or surprises being a, you know, an entrepreneur?
1: Challenges. I feel like everything is a challenge. <laughs>
0: well, maybe, um, maybe getting used to that, right? Yeah,
1: getting used to, because I need a structure. Like, I, there's, I didn't think I would be doing this when I was in high school or like even in college. It's like, I need a routine usually, but this, it's just like a surprise every single day. It's just like, oh, you know, you're know, you in a Forbes article. It's just like, what? That was so random. Like, I guess that's like so cool though. Um, sometimes you don't have work for like two weeks, a month at a time. Like that's something that people don't really talk about. Like right. it's stressful. So it's either really like really high or really low. There's no like nice little routine, you know? Um, so I guess in, in that sense, not knowing what's coming next is kind of stressful for me
0: absolutely and you kind of alluded to it at the beginning of the interview so sometimes i feel like as a writer who has a marketing mindset sometimes you tend to forget about the most important client which is yourself to get your brand out there as opposed to obviously clients are important but at the same time if they didn't know who you are then Mm -hmm. it won't ever be your client
1: yeah exactly so pointing on pointing in on your craft and just figuring out Best way to
0: interact with clients this is extremely important. A thousand percent. And you majored in marketing mm-hmm. at Thomas Edison, which is in Trenton which is pretty no cool. No plug, no <laughs> plug, no plug, learn right? There. <laughs> and I was about to say, so how much do you learn from <laughs>
1: absolutely nothing versus just,
0: actually doing it? Yeah. No
1: because everyone's always like you have to have learned something in college like this is you know the greatest four years of your life. This is where you shape your career.' <laughs> like I learned absolutely nothing about marketing. There. absolutely nothing. probably the the only thing that I've learned was um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Oh um, that, that, well
0: that's a, that's very important yeah, of marketing it but it wasn't besides even, that like, the first
1: time I learned about it it was more of just like, um, yeah, getting a little bit more in-depth into it, but that's literally the only thing. Um, I feel like this is one of my unpopular opinions, but marketing shouldn't even be taught if it, the course materials aren't in the year that we're currently living in. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know why it's so hard to...
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I would say some of the best marketers never you know, finish school.
1: Exactly, because everything's constantly changing. I mean, marketing at the end of the day is the practice of... Getting your product or yourself in front of your customer, um, and the way you go about doing that is constantly changing. Yes, there are certain underlying principles, but I didn't even learn the underlying principles of like you know psychology, branding, and those types of things. Um, I didn't learn that in college. <laughs> <laughs> right. I've uh, during the times of uh, the four years I. Worked, was in college and interning, I had podcasts and videos, keynotes from, you know, Stanford, eLab, Harvard, Gary Vee, Seth Godin, just constantly reading books. I was constantly in the library, practically lived in the library when I wasn't, you know, um, at my internships, Um, but I had headphones in all the time just trying to get, I guess, supplementary learning, so filling gaps with what I wasn't learning in college I was getting from I was basically crowdsourcing from a ton of other people, um, so no plug for Thomas Edison University, <laughs> um, or I guess, uh, yeah, no plug for them.
0: I mean, because what you said literally reminds me of one of my favorite quotes from Jim Rohn, who says, "Conventional education will earn you a living, but self-education will earn you a fortune. Exactly. You're going to yeah, learn more when true. you're yeah. when you're doing more."
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: So, what was it like meeting Gary Vee? Oh
1: yeah. <laughs> um, so again. I was just super fortunate enough to be casted on a PBS documentary um, called Road Trip Nation. Nice. Um, it was basically me and two other road trippers, Jordan and Alicia, um, road tripping across the US, m- doing basically this, meeting other um, entrepreneurs, thought leaders, visionaries across the US, and just asking them questions that we actually needed answers to.
0: How cool is that? Yeah, it
1: was one of the greatest life experiences I'll ever have, and I'm like, super grateful to them for that, um, but meeting Gary, uh, it was funny, because I don't get starstruck, and I feel like when I met him, I was still wasn't even starstruck, but I guess to give you, like, the backstory, um, they saved, like, the seat closest um, to Gary for me, so, like, that was Gary, and I was, like, literally right here. And they saved <laughs> it just for you, yeah, oh, wow. So, uh, like, he was my favorite, like, idol, basically, um, but basically, I hear him coming to the room, and I'm just thinking, I'm just like, oh,
0: crap, <laughs> he's great. <laughs> right
1: There, Uh, I was just like, time to die. (laughs) (laughs) And he just sat there, and I was like, wow, this is—it was so unreal. Uh, Because it wasn't even about Gary, so to say, the interaction. It was more about me, kind of working my way up to even have the chance to have this opportunity to to stay in the same room as him. Right. It was about that. But then um, during the interview, we were, uh, you know, introducing ourselves i was like okay i'm carissa um i'm launching my own marketing agency over Apptuitive. and i think he he, he touched my leg or something like that he was like congratulations and i was like <laughs> 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 I was just went speechless i was like but then he jumped in and, and kind of like vitalized the conversation but it was so embarrassing um but it, it was a, a crazy like unreal experience
0: so, what was the biggest aha moment? The the biggest takeaway that you had from just being around him?
1: Uh, from Gary. Right. Okay. Um, well, it's funny that um, people think you know meeting Gary is going to be something different than what he's saying in his videos, and it's really not. Exactly. <laughs> um, what he's saying in his videos is like exactly what he says uh, in real life. Um, so. Uh, uh,
0: I feel like you can feel that energy even more when you're in person, right?
1: Exactly. Yeah. So it was just unreal. Um, but yeah, I guess the biggest takeaway is um, uh, just practice what you preach, because um, that's exactly what he does. And he says, you know, he leads by uh, example, and he just he, he actually like walks the walk. You have um, to, right? Yeah. You you have to. Like, there's no way you'll survive if you don't. Um, literally. Yeah, literally. <laughs> um, so that was probably the biggest takeaway.
0: And like I. For me, at watching those videos, so totally jealous right now. <laughs> like, like being, not not that he's like a deity or something like that, yeah. but <laughs> but he knows what he's talking about, and you can actually see him walk the walk, and you can see the results on all his social media pages. So I guess were you really inspired to get back to work after talking with him?
1: Um, after the road trip, I definitely was. <laughs> like I don't think I would even be at this point if it wasn't for because I feel like, you know, meeting Gary and meeting all those other inspirational leaders that really, like, kicked me to, you know, actually be like those leaders. Eventually, like, I, I, I said on the show that I want to go back as a leader and I want, you know, people to interview me one day. So that's, like, a, a goal uh, that, I, that I really have in mind and I, I want to uh, see it through. Um, so the biggest uh, takeaway from the entire trip was just, you know, um, if you don't do anything with the, with these experiences and like these like gifts that are given to you, if you don't do anything with it, like what are you doing? Like you're here for a purpose. Um, so that was the biggest thing. Is just like I wanna I wanna be a leader. I don't wanna be like just you know an agency founder, just be in it just for the profits, um, or just like you know my five seconds of fame, whatever that is. I wanna have I wanna leave like a real lasting impact through the work.
0: Absolutely. And yeah essentially motivate other people yeah
1: exactly yeah. process
0: and then you also had an interview with Forbes which is pretty cool you guys I'll, I'll leave the link <laughs> in the description because that it's an amazing article so yeah. how, how did that even happen yes
1: yeah, so this is like a pro tip to literally any entrepreneur mm-hmm.
0: all right guys um, let's listen, listen up definitely
1: <laughs> um, so there's a site called Harrow if you heard of it I um, have not okay cool so it, Harrow stands for help a reporter out so basically, all of these reporters from high-end you know, publications, Forbes, Huffington Post, you know, USA Today, Business Insider, um, they have these pieces that they want to work on, but they don't have, any, they don't have the subject matter uh, expertise. So they're basically looking to you know, talk with people who actually do know what they're talking about, so they, they have the content. Um, so basically, like this podcast, so you have a theme in mind, but you need someone to actually talk from experience. That's brilliant. Um, yeah, exactly. So I was just scrolling through the email, And I saw, oh, someone was asking uh, for someone to speak on the topic of experiencing ageism in the workforce. Uh, Um, mm -hmm. And so, you know, I reached out uh, and I said, okay, hi, my name is Carissa Lintow and these are the experiences that I went went through. Um, I'm not sure if they'll be applicable for your piece, but, you know, if you're interested, like, feel free to reach out Uh, anytime I'm happy to, you know, sit down and talk with you. Um, And so she reached back out um, and I sat down had a, a nice, like, Skype, 45-minute Skype call with her. She's nice. an extremely genuine person. And we just had a, a great conversation about um, tech ethics, what I'm doing now, my plans are for the future. Um, so yeah, that's how I came across the opportunity. So highly recommend Harrow to any entrepreneur or anyone looking to grow their personal brand.
0: Wow, yeah. thank you. Yeah, of course. One of the things I admire most about you is how much action you're taking, because it's but it, it's critical. Because I feel like in society, because of things like raffles and lotteries, people are like, oh, it won't pan out because it's like a one in a million chance Mm -hmm. or we're in a billion chance, but that chance could be you. And the more you make a habit of taking action, the more likely that that luck will happen to you.
1: Exactly. get asked a lot is, you know, what advice do you have for young entrepreneurs, struggling entrepreneurs? I, I bet you get that <laughs> question once a week at least, yeah, right? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I just like literally just do it. If you have the means to do it, just do it. You know, I'm a huge uh, copywriting nerd and branding nerd and you know, Nike's uh, slogan It's just like one of the greatest slogans it's in so the world. so simple. I know. And I'm just like, <laughs> yes, it's so good. So yeah. that's like my, it literally, you just literally have
0: Preaching to the choir here, so not only yeah, do yeah. I have stock in Nike because I absolutely, really? I absolutely <laughs> love Nike. I mean,
1: it's been like up straight like since the beginning. And it's
0: a commodity. Yeah. Yeah. So we were actually talking off camera about some of our favorite <laughs> copywriting. Yeah. This this nerding out over copywriting and how much of an impact someone like David Ogilvy has had on on you.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, so we were talking about our, our favorite quotes. And I I found yeah. mine up uh, from uh, David Ogilvy, uh, one of the if not the greatest copywriter of all time, so you know one of my favorites is the consumer is a moron. She is your wife, because at the end of the day, that person, you know, your customer and the agency world, they're your everything. Exactly. they they are they literally are your wife. Like you need to take care of them. You need to you know talk to them, <laughs> um, give them what they're looking for. Go above and beyond their expectations. Um, so when he said that, like, like literally not lying at all, but he's definitely one of the greatest you know, creative minds and, and sellers to ever walk the face of the earth.
0: Absolutely, and one of his philosophies that I completely subscribe to, and I actually have this on my website, joshuaring.com, <laughs> <Look>. <laughs> right, is that he always talks about, he only works with clients that he actually uses. Yeah. So he was one of the I would say biggest reasons why Rolls Royce has the prestige that has now, because he used to market for them. But as soon as they made a change to how they construct the car, mm-hmm. and he wasn't a fan of it, he dropped them as a client. Oh, wow. And, who, and who would drop, if you're, because he, he actually started out as a entrepreneur as but well, yeah. mm-hmm. just trying to collect clients as much as you could. Yeah. And eventually, like you said, your work will stand out for mm-hmm. itself. But then to be in a powerful position to walk away exactly. from a, a brand like Rolls Royce is just very yeah, empowering.
1: That's the ultimate goal because you know yeah. people always want to work with who they can't work with. So that scarcity and the luxury effect of you know, being able to work with a coveted agency, you know, like Ogilvy. Um, yeah, there's just like an incredible story, that speaks a lot you know, about his character and the actual work that he provided for his clients. So he's definitely a role model uh, of mine.
0: Thousand percent, and then we were also talking about a, a fictional role model for <laughs> both of us. So Don Draper from Mad Men, yeah. and who was actually created based upon the existence of da- David Ogilvy. Mm-hmm. So in addition to shows like Mad Men, or the un- any other shows that inspire you to uh, be more, I guess, creative, and any other inspirations for innovation in the business world? Like I know for me, uh, we talked about Mad Men, Silicon Valley, shows like Billions or even, oh, yeah. you know, House of Cards.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so honestly, like, Mad Men is probably the only one I can point to and be like, this was the, my show. Like, <laughs> yeah. Because I don't consume like a lot of media or, or shows or
0: things like that. Which, which is a good, t- that's a good <laughs> habit to have. <laughs> yeah,
1: but um, Mad Men was probably like, my favorite of all time, so. Thousand percent.
0: Yeah. And then for people who don't know you could you actually explain like how you actually got from being a a freelancer mm-hmm. into being you know, essentially
1: running the show. Yeah, for sure. So I feel like you know they say in order to be a good like a CEO or founder, you have to get used to it, uh, saying the same story like hundreds of thousands of times. Uh, the, they call it the hero story in yeah, marketing. Story, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, to give you uh, the backstory again, um, I was 17 years old. I couldn't find you know a quote unquote real job to kind of you know fund my way through college. Um, all the Best Buy sales associate positions, all the mall positions, all closed. Couldn't get a job. Like wow. I, I, I still don't know why. Because I mean, like I'm a competent worker, uh, so I couldn't even get like those bare minimum like jobs.
0: And I feel like it's in hindsight is probably the best thing.
1: Yeah hundred percent. Because with
0: all due respect to Best Buy, I feel like your talents would have been wasted there. <laughs> <laughs> That's just me. <laughs> yeah, no. Um,
1: um, but I, I um, signed up for Upwork, which is the world's largest freelancing site. And basically, clients from all over the world post their, their jobs there, and they're looking for talent for you know one-off projects, or a gig, like the gig economy. Right. Um, so I, I logged up there, a 17-year-old. The second gig I took on was with an independent app developer. He needed a House of Cards trivia app. Um, and he said, "No, I have, I know, I have all the technical know-how. I know how to build the app. I know how to launch it. Yada, yada, yada. I just don't have the actual questions and answers that people can play with on the app." So he said, "You know, here's, come back to me with 300 questions and answers, and I'll give you 50 bucks." And I was like, "Bet," because <laughs> that's the equivalent of like thousand dollars to me right now. Especially
0: at, as I a 17-year-old, right? Like that's that's a lot yeah, of money. Yeah, that's
1: like what your pay for a week. Uh, I, I don't know, but yeah. um, it's really good pay. Um, but I knocked the project out for what it was worth, um, and he said, you know, you do really great work. You work with my custom software, which a lot of people can't even do, um, so I appreciate you you know, going the extra mile. On. I mean, because you had to learn on the fly. Yeah, exactly. You have to learn on the fly. So he said, I appreciate all the work that you're doing, creative, and all of that, um, wrapped it to one. Um, and he said, you know, why don't you help me build out the rest of my portfolio? And I said, okay. That sounds like a plan to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but during the time, he basically introduced me to what I call the app economy. Ah. So, you know, the app store and the whole business of the app store. He said, you know, it's a million dollar industry. Now each category is like a billion dollar industry in and of itself. He said, this is where everything is going. And this was back in like 2014, 2015, when app development was just starting to get hot. Absolutely. And he said, you know, you don't even need to learn how to code just learn how to get an app on the app store, learn app optimization, which is huge. Keep doing the creative work that you're doing, the copywriting, the branding, learn the business side of it. And you'll have a career um, in this. And I was like, okay, you know, I took it with a grain of salt right. you do when you get <laughs> <laughs> But then week after week after week, more and more projects just started falling into my lap and they were all app related projects. So, you know, notification copy for this app, you know, Aww. onboarding copy for this app, more uh, trivia, more trivia for these apps, and then it slowly started building more and more into, I guess, the, the hardcore marketing side of things. So you know, I don't really touch the advertising side of things, but writing uh, ad copy, uh, so that so those things getting people to actually move and tap the download button. And then, um, as of two years ago, I started getting really, you know, extremely focused in app store optimization. Um, Because again, you know, 70% of app downloads come directly from app store search and I figured it's by far the most value I can provide to any client, especially if they're bootstrapped as a startup. Right. Um, So that's definitely like your best bang for your buck, app store optimization. Um, And so I started, you know, honing my craft in on that and as well as the branding aspect, which is something extremely different that I think I bring um, to the table. And it's extremely, extremely important. Um, because during the four years I've been doing this, I, you know, I, w- I was thinking and, you know, brainstorming. I was like, you know, app marketing, it really only comes down to one thing. It's like, do people actually need the app? And how do you convey that need to the person in a sentence? Right. It comes down to your value proposition. Um, so, you know, figuring out um, how to position different apps in the market um, and building out an actual brand and not just an app that people go in. Um, you know, whenever they need it, you know what keeps people coming back. Um, what makes an app brand an app brand? Um, but that's that's what I, I, my day to day looks like as far as the work, app optimization and branding.
0: Sounds pretty cool. and yeah. actually reminds me of the concept I learned from Dan Locke, which is when value is clear, decisions are easy. Exactly. You know? Yeah. No, that's a great quote. Right? <laughs> exactly. So, as an entrepreneur and a business owner. I feel like this question is going to have a different response than the okay. typical person. So do you ever bring your work home with you?
1: I work <laughs> out of home, like <laughs> half, half of the time I work out of home and then half of the time I work out of this workspace. Um, so it's definitely a struggle, more of like a mindset thing, because it is difficult to kind of separate you know, work and home. Um, but I don't separate it. (laughs) Right. Um, I mean,
0: I feel like you're doing your passion. Why would you want to? Yeah, exactly.
1: You're in, like, the comfort of your Mm -hmm. own home, but it has its pros and cons, for sure.
0: (laughs) Could you actually give us some? Because, like, off the cup, I can't even actually think about any cons. Yeah, no,
1: for sure. Um, So a con is definitely you are way less productive, I feel. Really? Um, Okay. because I felt like I was my peak performance when I was interning... Doing school and then had the side hustle on the side because I had a set schedule. Right. When you're o- your own boss and you're only accountable to yourself, it's a lot harder to kind of get things done because you're just like, oh, you know, I'll do it later. I'll let me just go out to run real quick. Yep. And then you get back home, you're just like, oh no, let me stretch a little <laughs> bit. And you're just like, oh no, I'll eat some ice cream for like <laughs> ten minutes and then right. I'll do that. And then it's just like. I'm not doing the things I'm supposed to be doing at all. Um, so getting into those ruts basically every single day, right. um, those unproductive streaks in the day, um, I could definitely do without those. Totally. Um, but yeah, it's just a matter of, I guess, yeah, holding yourself accountable and yeah, having purpose and um, actually fostering the motivation within yourself <laughs> to go out and do things. But yeah, it's difficult.
0: (laughs) Absolutely, and I guess I see the wisdom now because I experienced the same thing as well. Having an actual office space and the this my first time being to an end company, Mm -hmm. you know, property. This is pretty cool. It really reminds me of we work.
1: Yeah, yeah. Plug for Andy. Yeah, (laughs) total plug.
0: (laughs) Oh, so if you don't mind me asking, what was it like working behind the scenes of TEDx Chelsea Park?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, so I'm still working kind of behind the scenes for TEDx Chelsea Park. Plug for TEDx Chelsea Park. <laughs> Plug for a future TEDx oh talk. My, God. <laughs> 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 for my future TEDx talk. Um, no, but it's super exciting. Um, we're the first TEDx uh, event in the new Hudson Yards location. Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah, so it's so cool. Um, June twenty-second. All um, right. We have a really great lineup that we haven't announced yet. Um, Sounds like a Concert. It no, it is. <laughs> if you haven't been to a TEDx event, like definitely go check. It's a lot different um, than actually, you know, watching a TEDx talk online. Being there, it's an experience in and of itself. Um, so it's been, it's been um, really interesting being behind the scenes because you get to see, um, I guess, the boring parts of the behind the scenes event. You know, um, seeing the event organizer trying to put all the logistics together. Um, Know, even down to the tiniest things like the giveaway bag that people are going to leave with. You know what companies are going to go I- inside the giveaway bag. What do they want in exchange for putting a cookie inside of that? So I had
0: back. no idea there was a giveaway yeah, bag. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um,
1: so it's tiny things like that that kind of cultivate. You know, the, the entire experience in and of itself. You know, kind of working with people through their speeches because people have great ideas. Um, but a problem. Well, not a problem. But like a common thing. A, Stumbling block that people have is just refining their idea to our point about like value proposition and communicating, um, you know, what your value proposition is. The main idea behind what you're trying to get across um, is just refining it down to one unique concept that you can speak to from your own experience right. and that um, you can provide value to the audience. Um, so you're not just like talking about, you know, um, diversity and inclusion, just like everyone else. You know, what's going to make that speech actually good and unique to your specific experiences? Um, and, you know, what what is the community going to take away from this? Um, so Jess, yeah, it's really interesting being behind the scenes. You get to you have a lot more respect for the people who put on actual events because it's all volunteer-based too, which is something I guess a lot of people don't know about because um, I'm really passionate about volunteering and, you know, kicking back and, again, mentoring and sharing what i've already learned with other people absolutely um so yeah it's been an interesting experience but i'm super super grateful for it
0: so this hearing you talking about it it sounds like you're totally prepared to give a ted talk (laughs) (laughs) and out of curiosity if you were to give a ted talk what topic do you think it would be that's a good question (laughs) um
1: instilling kindness into the into the tech industry so underrated i know it really is um because again, if we were talking off camera, I feel like tech is so like an, an echo chamber. you get the same thoughts, same ideas and it's just spewed um, in all different kinds of directions and we need to give other people underrepresented people that don't even know what tech is a chance at you know they're at bat. We need to give them more opportunities. Um, but something I'm passionate about right now is just preaching awareness about all the opportunities in tech, um, especially to, to little kids. I'll be going to I, I'm a volunteer at uh, um partnership with Wit and AT&T um, nice. so basically they go out um, and we have individual workshops to kids um, not in the, the tri-state area so they wouldn't have known about you know these opportunities that tech presents in the first place. Um, so it's you know meeting them where they are and being like you don't have to go into tech but this is where everything is shifting and it's good for you to you know know about this and here are all the opportunities that you know you have within tech because it's not limited to just coding
0: absolutely because
1: it's really not like I didn't even know that what I was doing I didn't even know my job existed right kids aren't even going to know that you know their job is not going to exist until another 10 15 years um, so just preaching awareness um, about All the different positions in tech, you know what it means to be um, a good employee, a good leader, um, and just approaching tech at a more, uh, yeah, a a kinder level, um, and not just using people for profits. um, Yeah, because that's a whole other podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely,
0: and unfortunately, a habit in the in the business world, especially when you get into the the billions of dollars category, that's just kind of a practice, right? Yeah, and then. Cause you kind of alluded to it just now, so that's awesome that you're working with kids and developing their young minds yeah. and concepting so their exciting. minds. Like, I definitely wish like more people could actually experience that. Yeah. Because I feel like you're creating more entrepreneurs.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, creating more entrepreneurs, and even at like at a basic level, not even about like entrepreneurs. Um, again, it's just about awareness and giving kids, you know, the confidence that they can do this. Um, they can have successful careers, because even that, I feel like that's something that's not even talked about. Right. Because right? a lot of people struggle, like, <laughs> they struggle.
0: And a lot of you know jobs don't have the right work-life balance. Or, exactly, yeah. and
1: then, you know, Another thing leading into that is kind of a separate thing—but you know, they say um, the most important thing um, to a child's development isn't even their family when they're they're young. It's about their friends. Uh-huh. Um, so talking to you know their classmates or friends as a whole and collective, and kind of empowering them to be like this is a billion dollar industry. You know, you can get yours too. Like Evan Spiegel, like Mark Zuckerberg, yeah, they're all great, but like this is for you too. Right. So just, you know, talking more about like inclusiveness and diversity and just preaching, you know, these opportunities are here for you if you're willing to take them and have the skill set for them. So I, it's something I'm really excited about.
0: Exactly. And actually it reminds me of Silicon Valley like yeah. when you're working for another company and then you can actually so many people are founding and starting up. After working on, yeah. a, on projects for these massive, mm-hmm. you know, tech empires.
1: That's um, it's funny because uh, that's the case for a lot of you know the top apps on the to- the top the top charts. They work at you know Facebook, Microsoft, Google, and then they have a nice little side project on the side, and they use the, their salary money to start funding into their exactly. own thing, and then they're like, I got a dip. Like <laughs> I'm making like millions of dollars on my own just by this one app.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: So it's it's an incredible. Time to to be working <laughs> in, the, in the tech space, to say the least,
0: and to be alive now. Yeah, and cause, be alive. Because like how you alluded to earlier, like during the the Mad men era, mm-hmm. you know tech, you know technology wasn't where it is now with social media and the internet. So imagine those, you know those ad men, Mad men during the, at this time or you exactly. know, things like that. Exactly.
1: I mean, there's that, and then a kind of a separate topic of what topic of health and fitness about how we're so aware you know we're not eating you know mcdonald's like and the madman ever we're not smoking we're not or eating, drinking every or, yeah exactly drinking <laughs> at every meeting i couldn't imagine drinking in a meeting <laughs> like that's insane i mean your liver's getting to work out yeah exactly <laughs>
0: um
1: but yeah so we're really um we're doing things in our best interest also to say i feel like people have a, a really you know, bad outlook on the world. It's just like, the world is a terrible place, all these killings, murders, blah, blah, blah. blah. Like, we're doing a lot better. Like, just focus on yourself. um, And, you know, start seeing the world through a positive point, and it'll work wonders for you. Like, it really will.
0: A thousand percent. Just to consciously see things positively, because I feel like, unfortunately, people have a problem facing the truth which is why they have such a pessimistic outlook. Yeah. But if you have a a positive spin on the truth, mm-hmm. it's kind of like spiritual armor like. Exactly. It's just like, "Oh, this is the truth, this is the reality, mm-hmm. and this is what I'm capable of in this reality and possibly even more."
1: Exactly. So just working on self-improvement and striving to be, you know, a better version of yourself every day. That's like my my screensaver. Awesome. <laughs> oh, 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 I definitely want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Um, so this is like the equation uh, nice. to be like, you're better off to be 1%, 1% happier every day and you'll be 37% a better version of you by the end of the year. Um, but you know, if you're negative 1% um, every single day, you'll be at a, a you'll be a, a, a 0.3% better than you were this year, next year. Um, so just working on those, just working on yourself every day. This is super important.
0: That's so cool. And are you aware of vortex ba- based mathematics? No. <laughs> so this actual equation, it kind of illustrates that point. So when you get to the the answers. So 37.8? Three, uh, mm-hmm. So three plus seven is sorry. No, no, it's three. Hard. Three plus seven is ten mm-hmm. and then plus eight is 18. So it's anything that's three, six or nine. That equals the three, six and nine.
1: Oh, see, I'm not good with math and data. <laughs> and the thing is,
0: I'm I'm terrible at math as well, but it's the only type of math that makes sense to me. <laughs> oh, my God. No, but that's so
1: cool, though. Yeah. yeah. So
0: one of the cool concepts that you educated me on was the difference between marketing and advertising and branding mm-hmm. in the Apple App Store versus the Google Play App Store. Could you let everyone know the, int- the cool intricacies and don't hold back on your nerdiness? <laughs> you no, know, just let it fly. <laughs> uh, well, I guess...
1: At a basic level, Android products are priced extremely low, mm-hmm. um, so they're able to capture you know a lot more of the worldwide market. Um, and you know, Google Play is more game-based. I think it's about 60% of the entire app store is you know just games, and it's quickly go. It's like Rising like through the charts with the rise of like Twitch, esports, the mobile gaming. Absolutely. Um, you know, Fortnite. It's just incredible. Like, talk about jobs that didn't exist 15 years ago. Like the people actually playing video games that could have had careers now. Exactly. Um, so that's kind of like the Google Play. But my, I, I guess my personal favorite. Um, I, I can mark it well on, bo- on both. Um, app well, stores. you know, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but I feel like the Apple App Store is. Really, more focused on branding mm-hmm. um, as a whole, and you know, making sure you're offering the most premium uh, product to your users and the people that are going to be actually using the app. Which is why, um, you know, uh, apps on the apps are typically you know higher priced. Um, so yeah, they're targeted, at, uh, you know, the U.S. market, Canada, Australia, people that have um, a lot of passive income, um, not necessarily you know kind of third world countries like the Philippines. Uh, um, India where I'm more focused on like Google Play right. um, but th- that's again more of like societal I guess trends play into apps for optimization and, and fun things like that but yeah I can, that's a whole other podcast too just like branding on the brand how to brand your app and things of that nature absolutely
0: and hopefully coming soon right coming soon, yeah. <laughs> so you actually reminded me of a question that I wanted to ask based upon the Huffington Post I actually came out with a study like two or three years ago saying that in three to five years from then, there were gonna be three to five billion more people on the internet. Mm -hmm. So thinking about countries like developing nations, as you said, I'm sure all those countries are gonna be seeing a lot more people online. Mm -hmm. So and thus you'll see a lot more people needing apps.
1: Exactly, a lot more people needing apps and especially you know the people in those countries, they're not gonna be developing apps to monetize people right They're not going to be developing social networks or you know very fluffy apps where they're just looking to make a quick buck off of you. They're the people in those countries I feel like they're going to be creating apps that actually solve needs for their community. Um, so I guess in that sense, uh, it's it's extremely important that they know how to go about, you know, the whole app economy. You know, apps for optimization, learning how to grow a community for this app, and just learning the business fundamentals of app marketing, um, especially for those people. And those people aren't, you know, unfortunately, they're not going to be the ones that these huge agencies want to work with. That Absolutely. These consultants want to work with because at the end of the day, it's just like it's just some guy from the Philippines why should we care about him as opposed to you know these apps that are already making billions of dollars Obviously, money attracts money you know exactly. <laughs> they're not gonna people aren't gonna you know want to help these people out so you know going hand-in-hand hand with like my the kindness mindset that I want to start you know injecting into tech more it's just like we all need to be um, mentors and just share the knowledge that we have at like a, a very, very basic level.
0: Absolutely, and then everyone you know, can come up together. Like obviously, you already have a, a multi-billion dollar head start, so you can at least you know, share a little bit exactly. of knowledge. Because imagine, you know, I could totally see you working with an app developer who is in developing nations and has an app for people there who can find clean drinking water or even food like that. Like, how, exactly. how awesome would that be?
1: It doesn't even cost anything. Right? It's just a thought. It's knowledge. At the end of the idea, like, ideas are priceless. That's why I don't charge, basically, for consulting, because I have worked you know, on those types of projects before. People that didn't have any money. Just like, who am I to charge you? You just want to do good for yourself. Like, that's it. So, yeah. like, why should I not share the knowledge? Like, why should I charge you? That's why I don't understand. Like, that's another reason why I do the free proposals, too. So, it's just like any bit of help that I can give you. Like, I will go above and beyond to kind of do that where you, yes, it has bitten me in the butt so many times, (laughs) but you know, I'd rather go that way than you know, charge $200 an hour for consulting.
0: I understand. And then also, AppTuitive has a blog section, so that was pretty cool. (laughs) I actually read the aspect about how to essentially what you do, but for free, Mm
1: -hmm. exactly.
0: And I kind of actually saw it as a very Authentic upsell for your services because mm-hmm. at a certain point, then you get this—you know—you're starting to read a whole bunch of like app store optimization jargon that I completely don't understand. So I would have to come to you to be like, okay, what do oh, I, I do? I didn't even realize it was like <laughs> Which is, I feel like it's great.
1: Okay. <laughs> 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 I mean, that's definitely another like selling point. But yeah, I want to start—you know—developing a lot more content because that's definitely that's another like struggle I'm going through right now. It's like. I know I'm a good writer, and people compliment me a lot for like the writing that I do because it is helpful to a lot of people. But it's just you know dealing with the everyday clients, sending out proposals, having to deal with like the money and that type of Absolutely. like the grind, so to say. But so I've been like letting the content uh, take a backseat, but I need to start picking it up. But yeah, that's something I want to do is start developing out the, the blog a lot more. So putting down marketing tactics that people can actually use and see results from. Um, and then also you know speaking more towards um, the kindness approach that i want you know i want to see more in tech um those issues that um that people don't really want to talk about because um, it again like people are really i guess um upfront uh, not upfront but like very careful about being an agency We're and saying cautious, certain things i'm yes. just like if you're being turned off by the idea of you know kindness i don't want to work with you in the first place so you're making my job a lot easier, <laughs> anyways. Exactly. So, um, yeah, content is something I definitely need to get
0: back into more. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, because she has a lot of great content. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. so, out of curiosity, from your expert perspective, you're in the you're in the captain's chair, right? <laughs> Where do you see the app industry going in the next three to five years? Okay, I know like, yeah. you probably get this question like all the time.
1: No, not really. Um, but I mean, it's been it's been like this ever since it started. So, I mean. A trend that's obviously gonna start staying like that for a while. You're, I don't see our phones going anywhere anytime soon. Apple, Google, Facebook, exactly. Netflix—they're all behemoths. Like, it's gonna be a matter of you know them innovating on different devices. But I mean, we've had our phones for what, 10, 15 years now. It feels um, like so long. It, it is long. So you know, you see AR, VR, um, wearable tech. Um, that's you know, your watches. So. Um, Seeing a lot more Apple Watch um, apps and integrations with you know, your, your day-to-day life and making your life a lot easier. So voice and things of that nature. Sure. Um, so my thing is, I think that tech is going to get obviously is a lot more closer to our bodies. Um, because, you know, the more data people have on you, the, the more profitable <laughs> their companies are going to be, too, especially for advertisers. Absolutely. And exactly. That's why, uh, it's funny, if you heard, like, Facebook is working on a mind-reading tool. <gasps> <Yeah>. That's <laughs>
0: terrifying. It's terrifying. <laughs> especially with all your data breaches. Where like, where is that's that going to go? That's what I am <laughs> saying.
1: Oh, my God. Don't even get me started yeah. on Facebook. Facebook is, like, that's the one conversation that I'm just like... <laughs> 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 um, but, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean... Uh, our devices will start getting a lot closer to our bodies. Um, the app economy will, you know, gaming will still be going, I think, but you know, more of the health and fitness apps are going to start popping up even more. Um, the the um the intersection between health and technology that's where I think the the biggest play is.
0: I can definitely um, see that, especially with VR, and even when eventually it becomes more. Uh, mass production in terms of hologram technology, I feel like that is definitely going to go there.
1: Exactly. So, um, yeah, the health and fitness is going to be big aside from, you know, just the gaming industry because it's the only, they say that, you know, the things are, that are inevitable in life are taxes and death. <laughs> um, yeah. So we're going to try to prolong death for as long as possible. And that's where, you know, the health and fitness category of the app store is going to come in. Um, yeah. So I guess that's my my forecasting, or the, the trend, like <laughs> the tech forecast, the tech forecast for today.
0: <laughs> oh, I just had a question, and it slipped my mind. I mean,
1: yeah,
0: go for it. You know, you. Um, wow, what was it? Um, wow, I hate when that happens. <laughs> I know, right? It's <laughs> the worst. <laughs> I think it had to do with obviously. Oh, there we go. here we go. So, uh, around the corner will be 5G networks, mm-hmm. and do you see any, I guess, growth or expansion because more data would be allowed through for, I guess, downloads and, and whatnot?
1: Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, I was just curious. No, no, I have no idea. It's <laughs> like, when it comes down, that's, I guess, uh, uh, a weakness of mine is, like, I don't understand, like, the really technical side of tech. <laughs> I'm more of like the fluffy branding. Um, not really fluffy, but like the branding. How do you communicate the value of this actual tech? I'm more of that side. Um, but like the tech and the coding, that goes so over my head, you wouldn't even believe. Like I have so much respect for those actual tech
0: people. Who are, who are yeah. coders and whatnot. <laughs>
1: exactly. I mean,
0: one of my best friends, a coder in Silicon Valley, shout out to Carlos. So yes, nice, he, yeah. but he he's actually tutoring me or mentoring oh, cool. me awesome. in, in the yeah. industry. So it's, it's pretty so cool. 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 Yeah. yeah. And then, cause I guess the only thing I have reservations about 5G, because obviously most of us have 4G or 4 g LTE on our wireless providers, is the cellular radiation. Apparently, it's ampli- amplified on that, so I'm not necessarily you know, running to the hills to get the, the 5G. Yeah,
1: that's another thing too, I mean, going into health and fitness, is that people are aware of like, the bad things of tech. So, I mean, we have to know our limits at some point that's another thing where like ethics come into play because it's like you're frying these people at the expense of, you know, more data being like exactly. thrown in their face. So it's like, you know, where do you stop? That's the biggest thing I guess with tech because people always are like, you know, move fast and break things. Um, yeah. Like keep innovating, keep innovating, but when do you stop? Like there's no, there's no one or there's no set rule book that Apple or Google have where it's like that's not okay. Right. Um, so. That's something a passion of mine, of me personally, after I, I do want to sell up to it and move on to do uh, other things, is that, um, so, uh, tech ethics is something I, I want to you know get my hands in. Uh, Definitely, so, that would be pretty cool. Yeah.
0: And I, I think of places like CERN, like even though it's so cool in terms of the concept. It's terrifying. <laughs> but you know, I don't want like you guys to create a black hole by accident exactly. and be like, oops, sorry, and you can't really take I'm it just back. Like,
1: I see that, I'm just like, why do we even need to do this in the first place? <laughs> because
0: <laughs> it's like Atlantis 2.0. Like. Yeah, I know,
1: but it's just like, why? We have so many problems that need to be directly addressed now, and you're just, I guess, so focused on innovation just for the sake of being focused on innovation, just for the sake of having an innovator title or, you know, being compared to the next Elon Musk. It, it, with yeah. tech, it's all coming down to status um, and, you know, being the CEO, being the founder of the next big thing. Being uh, Gavin Belson. Exactly, <laughs> Gavin Belson. Going down to the history books for yeah. being the innovator of this big thing. But it's just like, do we really need this right now?
0: I mean, that's that's a great question. I I get a lot of flack from my friends, especially my friend Carlos, who is a big lover of NASA. Okay. But I'm like, if NASA's budget actually went into underwater exploration, because I'm not sure if you noticed, but over 90 percent of the world is underwater. Mm-hmm. And yet over 90 percent of it is still undiscovered, but we're still going out in space. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, seeing what black holes look like up close are cool. But I feel like wouldn't it be cool to explore underwater, like undersea. Yeah, exactly. And then you can actually be building things that could actually mm-hmm. make th- the earth more exactly. c- more green by yeah. this you know, staying on earth.
1: Mm-hmm. I agree. That's not to like undermine any at once like well, yeah. or what they did ne- yeah, but now just like working on issues that actually need work on right now in this very moment and not just yeah, doing things for the sake of doing things and to have something cool attached to your name, that's something it's a big issue with tech.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, and doing the right thing and having a little more kindness, you'll get exactly. that status anyway. Yeah. Like. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: But uh, yeah, thank you so much for making the of time, Chris. Course. This was so much yeah, fun. My pleasure. I feel like we have to do this again, okay. even if it's to make content <laughs> for AppTuitive. <laughs> Oh my god. Totally I should do it.
1: I will not turn down the content. So absolutely, yeah, anytime. So thank you. Appreciate yeah, of it. Of course. <laughs> oh god, that was so bad. <laughs> I know, right?
0: Totally nerded now, but we love it. So yeah. Thank you. Yeah.
1: No, thank you, Josh. I really appreciate it. No
0: worries. Cool.